the general manager of an NHL team, winning the Stanley Cup forever his dream. But before you come first, I wasn't sure of what song this was, and then I quickly realized those are the dulcet tones of James Duffy. They are, and JD did himself uh, pretty solid here, man. He's actually got a pretty decent. Uh, Voice there. I wouldn't say voice of the angel, but, um, you know, not bad. Yeah. That's a big hit. Yeah, Brett Kissel come on and do his own he was awesome. rendition. That was awesome. And everyone behind the scenes. And you and I, we were both busy the day they were shooting, so we couldn't be involved. But we were supposed to be in there yeah. doing something. I don't know what J.D. had planned. But, um, yeah, shout-out to Duthie. Shout-out to everyone. You know, working Trade Center today, everyone behind the scenes, everyone here at TSN Radio. It's been a wild day today. And, um, we got games tonight, NHL, NBA, some golf news. Uh, the Arnie Palmer is currently ongoing. They're still out there on the course, but the players is next week, and the field is is out, and it's like the deadline has passed, and no Tiger Woods. So I'm surprised. I'm a little bit surprised by that. I I don't think I sh- I should not be surprised when he doesn't play a tournament that is right. not a major. Ultimately, that probably should never be surprising. But I thought he looked good. At yeah. Riviera a couple of weeks ago, and and he played pretty well. He seemed to have some stamina. He seemed to have, you know, what you'd be looking for to be able to get back out there a few weeks later. The Players is a massive, massive tournament for the PGA Tour. Yeah, and he's not going to do it. So I guess we won't see him again until Augusta. And I guess from that standpoint, probably just bank on him playing the four majors, and that's it now. Well, like that's going to be it four or five times a year. That's that's when Tiger Woods is going to play. And will he be any of like effective at all? If I'm not, not sure. Playing, like, if you're not playing, like yes, he is a magician. Yes, if his game is there, he can clearly do anything he wants on a golf course. But the stamina, you know, the the ability to fight through. Plus, you got guys that are playing right now. John Rahm is a machine right now. Yeah, Scotty Scheffler's a machine. Justin Thomas, you're you're playing a bunch of guys who are in their prime and they're killers. Yeah, and. You may get one or two or three or four of those guys on any given weekend, but are you going to get five, six, seven, eight? Right. That's what I don't know. Like, he he loves Augusta. He's won there five times, I believe. That's a course that he knows inside out. But if you only play once and then you show up there, you're going to put together 72 holes and yeah, be in contention and shoot 17, 18, 19 under? I, I don't know. It doesn't look good, but... Whenever he shows up, it's still must-see TV. Absolutely it is. Yeah, and the Masters is, I think, the the most entertaining week of the year if you're a golf fan. Yeah. It represents up here the turning of the season. You're into April. Maybe you're playing golf up here. Maybe hitting the range. So it's a great tournament anyway, but it is much better when Tiger plays. It is, but if he's not in a regular routine... How much rust is on his game? I think there'll be a lot. I'm just exactly. disappointed. I want to see him play. And I was hoping that he would play next week at the Players. Yeah. And it's a testament to clearly how he's feeling. And and also, you know, he's been the face of the PGA Tour. He's been the voice box for this battle between the PGA and Liv. Yet, this is a big PGA Tour event, and he's still not going to play it. Yeah. And it's effectively in his backyard in Florida. It's in Jacksonville, but it's in Florida. It's on the East Coast, and it's still not going to happen. So, no Tiger. We'll see if Tiger shows up. Well, he will show up at Augusta. We know that. Yeah. Uh, Al's brother will be showing up later in the hour. we got a great list of people coming on the show this hour. we got Al's brother, and we have the GM of the Winnipeg Jets, your former teammate. Yes. Here is, again, the GM of the Jets, 
Kevin Sheveldayev. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, thank you for doing this. So, I mean, you guys made a couple of moves leading up to the deadline. It it, it has been a whirlwind as content creators on this show. I guess I want to thank you and the 31 other GMs because <laughs> the last month has been wild. You, you've been around the league for a long time. You've been a GM for a long time. Can you recall a trade deadline that played out the way this this one did over the last you know three or four weeks? Yeah, certainly it is. Uh, it has been interesting, and, and uh, you know I, I remarked and I did my my media uh, after today. Like usually, you're sitting here, you know, with trade calls and stuff like that going to late in the night because everything happened. You know, so much happened last minute. Well, this year, you know, it's it's uh, it, it was more like uh, the you know trade deadline month, so to speak, or right. at least the last two weeks. So it has been interesting. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, it will be interesting to see moving forward. Um, you know how things all shake out for um, for everybody, but um, I'm happy with uh, you know what we acquired here. I think we addressed a couple of the needs that we felt we uh, you know we had with uh, with getting Nino and and uh, and Vladdy here today, and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, Chevy, that's where I was going to go. Maybe talk about your new players, where you feel like they can slot into your lineup, and and you know how quickly you want to get them acclimated to their new environment. Yeah, so Nino, like, again, when he became available, is something we acted on pretty quickly. Like, we're, you know, we got a lot of guys that can make, uh, you know, really good plays with the puck. And, and one thing Nino, you know, is, is a shoot-first uh, shoot type of mentality. And, you know, so we're looking to get a little bit more on that in the lineup. He likes to go to the net. He's very, very strong down low. Um, you know, those are the kind of things that, that we feel will translate, uh, you know, translate well with uh, the group that uh, of players that we have here. And then in a player like Vlad, uh, you know, again, he only came available there yesterday as well. We, you know, Bones had him uh, last year in Dallas, and, and uh, you know, we, we actually had some conversations with him in free agency, um, you know, this year. And, and um, so, again, we felt that uh, he's kind of a, a little bit of a Swiss Army knife uh, where he can, you know, move around the lineup, move, you know, play, you know, all three forward positions, um, you know, like uh, in, in a game like today where, you know, P.L., uh, is, is nicked up a little bit and not playing, you know, Vladdy could have been a guy that, that, that would have slid right in there and, and, and everyone would have felt, you know, comfortable that you've, you know, you've got a guy that can do that. So we were looking for something uh, along those lines and, and happy to find it. With Kevin Sheveldayoff, off the uh, GM of the Winnipeg Jets. So, you know, we discuss a lot uh, about the Leafs on this show and the Eastern Conference for that matter and how stacked it is with the Bruins and the Leafs and the Lightning and Carolina, New York, Jersey. Um, out West, it feels as if it's a little bit more open and it, it feels like if you get hot at the right time that anything is possible in the East. And I, I guess that obviously applies uh, to the East as well, the nature of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But how did that factor into the moves you made here, Kevin? The, the idea that, that you guys are a really good team and up until recently, you guys have been playing very consistent hockey. Like the idea that there's a real pathway in the West for you guys to do some damage. Well, I think that, uh, you know, again, the, the, the moves that every team makes are, are, are um, you know, regardless of which conference you're in, you're, you're doing them to, you know, help improve your team as you think, uh, you know, you can. And, um, you know, certainly, you know, all the options aren't available to everybody. And, and um, you know, sometimes there's, you know, acquisition costs that you you know just you don't have the the assets or different things like that. But so that's why teams just do what they need to do and what they feel is right. And and uh, you know that's that's the most important thing. I think for us, you know, we 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 built this team over the course of time. You know, really essentially through drafting, developing, and, and trading. You know, it's it's not necessarily a free agent signing thing. And uh, if you look at you know the guys that we brought in, we like our decor. We've um, you know, we, we like, uh, you know, our depth at forward here now from, you know, first line to fifth line. 
And uh, obviously, we feel we've got, uh, you know, one of the best, if not the best goalie in the National Hockey League. So, um, you know, we, we like uh, we like where things are at. Hopefully, we can you know get back to playing, you know, with that structure that, uh, you know, that, that we were playing with, uh, you know, kind of uh, earlier in the year here that got us on our roll. Chevy, what's the, if you could pinpoint, is there one, like, major difference between this season and last season, or was it a combination of things that you had to do to kind of, I don't know if the right wording, reset to even the attitude or the culture of the group or anything? Uh, because, you know, in your mind, what is the difference between this season and last season? Yeah, for me, I think it is the structure that when we are playing well, um, that we adhere to. I think that that's a, the, the big thing. I think that, you know, again, the attitude of, of, of being on our toes and, and kind of being aggressive, you know, when we do have the puck as opposed to, um, you know, maybe sitting back or doing different things. Like those are the kind of things that Bones, you know, uh, uh, preached uh, right from the onset of training camp, right from the, the, the time that he, you know, started having conversations with players as soon as he took over. Um, you know, again, having a player like, you know, Josh Morrissey, uh, you know, starting to reach his full potential and, and the confidence that, that Bones, you know, instilled in him. Obviously, Helly, um, you know, with the system in front of us, you know, allowing things to be maybe a little more predictable. Um, and, and, you know, from a goaltender standpoint, I think that's, that's a welcome thing. But, you know, that being said, you know, like you can't turn the puck over. You have to continue to, you know, to do all the little things. It's a tough league. It's a, it's a very, very unforgiving league. Uh, and the moment that you start you know, thinking that you can, you know, cheat your way through or whatever, like, you just can't. You know, you, you have to uh, have that mentality. With Kevin Sheveldayoff, GM of the Jets, um, well, it'll get easier for you tonight. You're playing McDavid uh, on a home-and-home, <laughs> so I'm sure this will be one that you circle. And, and obviously he has been lights out, but he's that's a team you're competing with, different division, but you guys are both chasing even wild-card spots possibly at this point. Um, so in terms of where your team is at and going up against the way he's playing tonight, you know, how, how does your team have to respond to try to not only keep him in check but, but find a way to get points off Edmonton? Well, you, got, you, you have to play that team game. You, you have to be able to uh, you know, understand that uh, you know, it, it's a shift-by-shift shift game. And, and certainly when he's out there, you, know, you have to be you know, real, real, real cognizant. And, and, and uh, again, if you start running around or you start – um, you know, uh, not doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. He, he makes you pay, and, and he makes you pay sometimes just because he's him too. But um, but it's not just him. They, they have a they have a very good team, and uh, and obviously you know it's it's, it's going to be a challenge. But that's what the, you know that, that's what this league is about. Well, in terms of you know the the theme of the last couple of weeks league wide with all these different deals, and we've talked about the deals you've made with yeah you know bringing in Nita Ryder, bringing in Nemistikov today, and um, I'm curious. You know why you think maybe it's different this year? Like, why, why all these star players? Why how? Why has there been so much movement? The only team that did not make a trade was Florida. Um, are we coming out of the COVID era? Is it a cap fluctuation? Is wh- what is your read on the situation as to why league wide it was as crazy as it was? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I, I do think you know some of it is cap related. We've we've had a flat cap for you know essentially uh, you know a couple of years. Are there some casualties? You know, maybe uh, you know in, in that regard. Um, you know, again, I, I just think that uh, uh, you know it, it, it was an interesting time. I probably have to sit back and, and digest it a little more to you know to, to really see if there is you know a, a major correlation one way or another, but. Um, you know, the interesting thing about the Stanley Cup and the road to the Stanley Cup is, is you don't have to beat every single team. 
you have to beat the team that you're matched up against, and and that that uh, you know that's the most important thing. And, and um, you know it, it's uh, it's going to be tough. There's going to be some you know some real heartache in the first round. Uh, I think it'll be exciting. Obviously, it's always exciting, but um, it, 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 it'll be an exciting time for the league. Chevy, the game is a lot different than from when you and I played and had to fight our way out of Adirondack and some of these gritty <laughs> buildings in Binghamton. But um, in your mind, is there a difference or the way that you want to build your team, and especially the way you've built your team, when the way they play in the regular season compared to you know, the way they have to play in the playoffs? Because you know, clearly we're seeing a, a different correlation with some of the teams, the way they're loading up. Yeah, I think, you know, again, um, you know, today's player is, is, is ultra skilled. Um, you know, the skating is, you know, is better than before. The, the, the shots, everybody can shoot the puck. All those kind of things, uh, you know, obviously lend it to be, you know, one of the most exciting times. But, you know, you, you know, when you get into the playoffs, you, you have to have that grind mentality. And that's why, you know, again, you know, for us, uh, you know the, the the people that that really come to the forefront. Uh, you know, in, in times of playoffs, are are you know guys like you know the, the Adam Lowrys of the world, and, and you know Pierre Luc Dubois, the big players that that can grind it out. And you know, those are the kind of things that uh, you know uh, give us a reason to uh, to be really excited. Uh, you know, you look at our D. We've got guys like uh, you know Brendan Dillon back there. That uh, you know Dylan Sandberg, Logan Stanley. Like they're big guys. They can. You know, uh, mix and match them and use them, and, and you know, come playoff time, those are the kind of guys that that, that grind it out as well. Uh, Rick Bonus is a guy we've had on a, a couple of times, and he's a lifer in the NHL. He seems to be beloved by everybody, but he made some bold moves before he even really walked in the room. The biggest one, obviously, is you know, changing the captaincy and taking it away from Blake Wheeler. And you know, we were buzzing about that. I think the whole league was buzzing about that. But by all accounts, Blake Wheeler has responded exceptionally well. And and your team, it appears, has responded the way you were hoping they would with the coaching change. Can you can you speak to that? Like what bonuses brought in particular, and and how the players have responded to him? So you know, this, this, and I know this that you know the C went off his jersey, but it was never really about taking uh, taking the C away for Blake Wheeler. It was about opening up the accountability for the rest of the group that Blake Wheeler didn't have to you know, stand in front of the media on a nightly basis and, and you know, talk about this loss or that loss or, you know, the, the, the different aspects, uh, you know, that, that come in being a captain, certainly in a Canadian market. We wanted Blake to be able to, you know, focus on being, you know, the best player that he could be and, and spread the accountability um, for this group. It's not just, it's not Blake Wheeler's team. It's not, you know, Rick Bonus's team. It's, it's everybody's team. And, and that was the message that, uh, you know, that, that Bones really wanted to impart. And, and Blake has embraced it. Um, because all he wants to do is win, and, and you know the guys have embraced it, and 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 I, and I do think they you know that they, they they recognize that you know uh, this is you know this is their team, and they need to uh, you know be accountable for it and accountable to each other for it. Chevy, I had a general manager say to me that the league shouldn't be called the National Hockey League; it should just be called goalie. Because if you have one, you should be you can be happy. But if you don't, you only notice it when you don't have goaltending. Uh, would that be a fair statement? Well, you know, again, I, I've been so fortunate, um, you know, that we, you know, as an organization, that we're able to draft a player like Connor Hellebuck and bring him through our system, and uh, and, and and kudos to him for 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 putting the work in that he needed to, um, you know, from the development standpoint, and, and you know, as an organization, like we, you know, we are exceptionally blessed to have him, and, and um, you know, from from that standpoint, uh, you know, you. You really, really appreciate uh, a player like that, and and 
and and you know he's a humble guy that that just wants to win. You know he he's fortunate enough to won a Vesna, and um, but he'd be the first to tell you that you know the the, the real trophy is is the uh, is the one that he wants to acquire. You know by winning. He is Kevin Sheveldayoff, the GM of the Winnipeg Jets, making a couple of different moves leading up to the deadline. And Winnipeg in Edmonton tonight, back home tomorrow against the Oilers, a home and home. So good luck with that and good, good luck with the stretch run. And we really appreciate you doing this today. Thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. You got Thanks, it. Abby. Kevin Sheveldayoff. Winnipeg, Edmonton tonight. I kind of think McDavid is going to score two again. You think so? I, it just seems like something he would naturally do that – yeah, statistically, at some point, it's going to stop. Yeah. The National Hockey League, the other team's going to yeah. figure him out, or yeah. he's going to have an off night, or the goalie's going to stand on his head. But it just, if this was any other player, you'd think naturally he'll have an off night. I just feel like this guy is in a mode that is freakish. Well, it's. Like, he's going to get chances tonight. Do they go in? Yes. Yeah, we'll find out. Know, but but yeah. he'll have a couple of breakaways or two on ones or open slot shots. He's must watch TV. That's what it, like, I've come to kind of understand that. I did the Edmonton-Ottawa game a couple weeks ago. It was a 12.30 Saturday game. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, that's great for kids. It's great for, but players, that's not in their natural, like, when's the last time the Leafs, I don't think the Leafs have ever played at 12.30. If they no. ever, and that'd be a, that afternoon game against Carolina for kids day or whatever. But even that's like 2 o'clock. Yeah. But you're right. And that that's 10.30 Body clock, right? For McDavid, that's what ten I mean, thirty like, a.m. in Edmonton. So I'm, I'm driving up at whatever, two hours before the game, and there's fans like there already, like waiting to get in, like the buzz around the building, just to see McDavid and warm up. It, it was packed in that end, mm-hmm. and he comes, you know, comes on the ice, and there's like this, like little awe about it, and people are watching him just do his routine. And, of course, he scores in the first shift. And, you know, the crowd is excited to see, although Ottawa, Ottawa fans wanted them to win that game. It's just right now with where he's at in his game, the type of season he's having, you know, it's like Matthews last year was 60. It was like it was must-watch TV because you're like, okay, this guy did it again. He scored again. Mm-hmm. Like, we'd be on the show. By the time you get home, he's already, like, he's scored his first All the game. time. He'd score in the first period. Before you got home, you turned the game on. It was one nothing. You knew who had scored. Right. Like you it knew was it was Matthews. Like, okay, like this guy did it again, and and it was like the type of heater. You're right. He's going to get chances tonight, whether they go in or not. It it just it might be the luck of the draw, or if Alabama well stands be. on his head tonight. Yeah, it very well could be. But they got Winnipeg tonight and tomorrow. Two goals over the course of both games would not surprise me. Put it that way. Yeah, and I guess fair. on FanDuel, it's paying plus three twenty that he scores two tonight. Even those odds, that's like fan. It feels like you should get better plus money than that. But even FanDuel is a little bit reluctant. Well, it's A little point, bit reluctant. I mean, eventually... like It has to go the other I way. I could understand one, to. but two. That's the crazy yeah. part. Two. That's what you're looking at. That's like at. the Seinfeld. Remember, it was Apollo Neal? We're like, I need two home yeah, runs, I need not two just home one. Runs. Not just one to get that picture back. <laughs> uh, Millet and Fridays brought to you by Boston Pizza, Canada's favorite sports bar. The push to the playoffs is here in BP's elite lineup. Of pizza, wings, and ice cold beer is always dialed in for game time. Hustle into your local BP tonight and try our brand new four cheese ravioli bites. A game-changing appy that's here for a limited time only. Al's brother will be here for a limited time only. And he will have his power rankings 
Who went up? Who went down? How does Al's brother feel about everything that was happening the last month? And now that we're beyond the deadline, now it is go time. You floor it to the playoffs. Right. Before you know it, you're going to wake up. It'll be game one of the playoffs. Exactly. Like, this goes quick, man. You get inside 20 games, it goes quickly. And um, before you know it, it's been a long wait. But you can feel the anticipation. It's coming, man. Well, now the teams are set as far as rosters for the most part. Yep. Now you now you got to go for it and see where you're at. What do you got? Yep. What do you got? Let's see. So Al's brother will join us. We'll get to our best bets. Brought to you by FanDuel a little bit later in the hour. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on the TSN app. Mail it in Friday. It's brought to you by Boston Pizza, Canada's favorite sports bar. The push to the playoffs is here, and BP's elite lineup of pizza, wings, and ice-cold beer is always dialed in for game time. Hustle into your local BP tonight and try our new four-cheese ravioli bites, a game-changing appy that's here for a limited time only. All right, our best bets coming up later this hour. We have Al's brother in studio, and uh, we've been building this up, Al's brother, because you are going to be responsible for the winners and the losers right now that we're through trade deadline. And you and Julia were, were rocking out earlier today, as you do every day. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure you were anticipating a slower news day, considering how wild this week has been. Yeah, I mean, like, there was so much that went on, not even just the last 72 hours, but, like, you date back to the Ryan O'Reilly deal. I think leading up to today, there was, what, like, 42 trades Mm -hmm. from Ryan O'Reilly until, like, yesterday. So I didn't expect there to be a whole lot. We saw some minor league deals that may have pushed the number even higher than I anticipated. Like, what was the final number come in at? Do we know? Like, 14, 15-ish trades? Today, I think there was 19. I was looking at the Was there 19? Well, there was a couple minor league trades. Right, which right? pushed the number up a little bit. Like, but, Nate Schnarr ends up getting it. It's like, okay. Cool. Yeah, 19 total, I believe. Even the, the, the Leafs move, like bringing in Zaharna. Yeah, it's a minor league right, minor league deal. trade. Like, well, yeah. So a couple of those, but there wasn't a whole lot uh, a whole lot of buzz that we right. saw today. It all happened in the last 72 hours. You which, can't get so greedy, right? No, nah, I mean, it was great. Right. Like, there are some, like, I'm still surprised James Van Riemsdyk is in Philly. The fact that JVR didn't get flipped and then Chuck Fletcher kind of threw him under the bus based on the price that he couldn't get. Like, he was actively trying to trade him, and he couldn't get a price that he had set. As you joked about earlier, okay, he couldn't get a fourth runner. How about a fifth? Yeah, How about a sixth? Like, if JVR's done and Philly's done, I don't know. It's... Well, I think we, we, may been having this, we may have been having this conversation over there, so I'm curious maybe bring it here a little bit, but how much of it do you think, when you look at the fact that he didn't get dealt, is maybe Chuck Fletcher sitting there saying, I don't want to take a, a deal that is, is considered a loss. Like, I don't want to lose that credibility because then na- later on, people aren't going to pay the prices that I, I want. Remember how Masai Jiri did that with Kyle Lowry? I think, I think it was you that were having this conversation with earlier today. It literally yeah, was me. <laughs> I, I, I knew it was one of you two. Like, I've heard this combo. I've heard a lot of combos today. I haven't heard this combo. You were talking to a lot of people over but, there. But you're right. I think there is something like, to that. You can't get fleeced just for the sake of like being seventh round pick, like, why, just but, to take it. Okay, like, JBR is not, it's not like you're trading, you know, yes. Connor McDavid or something. Right. Like, I just. You get something. The asset, you're not going to resign him unless you feel like you're going to resign him or do something. But if you if you don't want to fracture the relationship with the player or maybe project that, you know, hey, I can get walked all over here, then you don't come out and go, ah, oh, we couldn't even get a fourth rounder for him. Yeah. You're like, you know what? The marketplace wasn't right for him. You know, there was, to me, there there should be a layer of respect. That's why at the start of the show, I asked... I need context in that comment because the comment right, and we still don't very, have it. The comment is very sharp. Like yeah. it's a sharp comment. Like yeah. 
Yeah, we couldn't get it. We couldn't even. Like, don't Let blame me. Let me be clear Let, with yeah, you. That's yeah. what he says. Like, Let me be clear. Right. So, so somebody you don't just ask asked him, like, why the hell did you not trade, J- right. trade JVR? And he's, let me be clear. I couldn't even get a fourth, like, fourth rounder. Well, there's fifth rounder, sixth rounder, seventh rounder. Right. There's future considerations. Or a prospect that's a not high on the radar. Deal. Like, it just, something is, there's the smell Philly. test on that weird, one is though. weird. Like, something he can help weird. teams out there. Like, I just find it still so bizarre. He's got 23 points this year. You know, he's a little weathered, I suppose, at, at this point in his career. But he could still help a team somewhere who's but, making a playoff push. But there's teams now that probably say, we have a, J- we have a 23-point guy on our mm-hmm. roster that we've either drafted, developed, or signed. Why do we want somebody else's, like, 23-point player? And it's not like JVR has gone deep into the playoffs. Right, doesn't have that cup pedigree. Like, if you know, a lot's been made of Nolachari and his fit, right? He's played deep in the playoffs. He fits a nice role here. But you know, Achari could have been had by a lot of different teams uh, over the past few years. He, it's not like he was this highly coveted guy. He's a really good role player. Mm-hmm. So when I'm looking at organizations, where is the fit? Like, does Carolina grab him for depth or whatever? They, they feel they probably have it in-house anyway. So they want to burn a, a roster spot. Maybe they got a kid in the minors who's lighting it up they're going to bring up. You know, Toronto, what if Matthew Nyes all of a sudden arrives and you need that roster spot or that contract for him That's right. to get him sorted? So it's not just, hey, you know what, like that's a good player and it's had past season, great past season. we got to grab him. Other teams go, we've got that player mm-hmm. or better. So... I think that's clearly Fair. what happened here, and, and maybe that's all Chuck Fletcher was trying to say was, you know, wasn't we, a marketplace. It, it, there wasn't a market; like people just weren't were looking for it. Uh, all right, Al's brother, what do you want to start with? The glass half full or the glass half empty? Uh, you want to start with losers? You want to do the losers? Start with the losers. <laughs> all right. So, what do you have here? A three pack of losers? I got a three pack of losers. I got a three pack of winners. So okay. Why don't we start. Uh, we'll, we'll start. And then we'll get make your way up. Go. Okay, so you're going to go, which I guess on the loser's side, like the end of the spectrum would be the biggest loser. Yes. Do you want to start with the biggest loser? Let's do that. Okay, then you go one, two, three, and then three, two, one on the winner's side. So Let's we'll go do that. from the biggest loser, a pathetic loser. That's what you're going to start with, and we're going to finish with. A big winner in the end. Yeah, and to me, the biggest <laughs> loser of the deadline, and like we'll say this 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 entire whole couple of weeks, right? Not just today, but the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks. Honestly, to me, it's the Arizona Coyotes. Like I, I really? think what 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 the Arizona Coyotes have been doing the last little bit just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. They held out so long, and then that's what they got for Jacob Chikrin. And then when it came out that it's because they prioritized shedding salary, they didn't want to bring money back. They prioritized money over the return, and then they bring in Voracek, and it, it just made I it, it boiled me what the Arizona Coyotes did, and I just think that it was honestly such a bad look the return hmm. that they got on Chikrin. It's hard to that's ownership. It's hard to like argue with that because you see what other players garnered, and I don't know what would have shifted that marketplace. Was it the Orloff acquisition? Like what? You know, was it Ekholm? Like what was the? There was there was like the shift. It seemed like there was no more partners left at the dance, and it came down to either Ottawa, maybe Buffalo was a team that like was kind of okay. They seemed like a good fit. But early yeah. on, and then, you heard Ottawa, Lots, Edmonton, Boston, like Boston, all these teams, bunch were of in teams, on, were in on. 
Chikrin because he's 24, he's 6'2", 220, and he's got cost certainty. And he can, you know, he can play. He's a good player. So if that's the guy that has been coveted, I had a manager say to me, and, and he was bang on, he said, if, if teams wanted him so badly, they would have traded for him a year ago because mm-hmm. you would have said, I'll do whatever it takes to get that guy into my, my lineup. Yep. That being said, I think Pierre Dorian, like it's a great I think he handled fit. it really well. I think he yeah. did a, an amazing job on this. And it's the, you know, the kid's a local guy. He's you know, from the Ottawa area, comes home. They've got cost certainty. This isn't a rental. This is moving forward. Now they've got a real nice four-pack that they can build around with Zub and Chikrin and Shabbat and Sanderson. Mm-hmm. And the Sanderson kid is, he might be the best out of all of them. Uh, yeah, I agree. So it, it, they, they, at least you're looking at it, if they don't make the playoffs this year, Okay, you've made, you've taken steps, but you're building for next year too on that group. And so, Chicken plays a role in that. Big sure. role, yes. Yeah, Arizona. I, I'm never going to argue against it. Like if they're at the <laughs> bottom of the list, like you're, you're not going to get a big argument from me, Alice brother. But interesting. I wasn't thinking you were going with that. I just I, I had a big rant on the lunch yesterday about Arizona and just the way that they've been operating. Because they can't sell tickets. Yeah. Right. There's no rink. You know, yeah, it's it just, but it's like, he, and the league allows it, allows him to get away with it. But he wants the state and he wants the city to buy him an arena. Yet he's not willing to invest in his team. Yeah, joke. Uh, no, it is. All right, let's keep cooking here. Right. Number two, yeah, the we, number two loser, which we just heard the loser. Then it's going to be the number two <laughs> loser, and then the third loser, <laughs> and then we'll start moving the other way. Is loser a little bit too sharp? It's a little maybe bit a little sharp. bit. That's right. Chuck Fletcher talking. Well, yeah, okay, then that's, that's the name of the number two loser on my list. I think Chuck Fletcher and the whole JVR situation, how that got botched. No, we talked about it. There's a couple other guys, too, that I thought they could have got something for. Like, I think that Nick Sealer is a decent player. I was surprised that he didn't get dealt at the deadline. Like, they yeah. didn't really do much of anything, and like, Javier was the number one guy on the TSN trade bait board coming into the day. And I rolled over there about 2 o'clock or so. There's about mm-hmm. an hour left. And the stop and chats that I was having with Johnny, with, with Gord, with you everybody. You were stop and chatting a lot. I stopped and chatted a lot. Yeah, I was honestly like a politician yeah, it was trying to get donations for a campaign. <laughs> but every single person I talked to said, Klingberg's got to go and JVR's got to go. There's one hour left. Those two, you know they're coming off the board. Klingberg went. JVR didn't, and I just I feel bad for him because y- you you expected him to go to a team and make a run. So in a way, he's kind of a lo- not a loser, but he's lost in this situation. <laughs> That's a, casual- a double whammy, and- <laughs> a casualty of the situation, yeah, right? right exactly, no. and just the Flyers for for not being you know as active as I think they should have been for a team that's in the dumps. Well, they are. I mean, they're and they're not they're not turning this ship around anytime soon. No. That, that is not a a team that will be any good next year. Where where are they at in the Bedard situation? Where they're- was it? They're they closing in. They're fifth or twenty sixth in the league right now. So yeah, like, they'd be you know certainly top so there's bottom a chance, seven right? oh, there's or eight. A chance. There's a chance. Twenty fifth in the league. Yeah, right now. So they're right there and with Montreal, Montreal and Vancouver. And like St. yeah, Louis. so they'd have to drop a little bit more because Columbus is at forty six. Right. And they're at they're not they're not going to like no. lose to the extent where they can catch a Columbus, yeah, Chicago, Anaheim. The bridge, just put that up. Six percent chance of Landon Bedard. Yeah, but that's what they did when they. Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick. I they think they moved three, up, didn't they? Three or two. 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 Same thing with JVR. Actually, ironically enough, JVR they took second overall. Yep. I think that was the Patrick Pat Kane. Kane. Yep. Yeah, I think they might have won a lottery there. But okay, so you got Philly at number two. Who do you have at number three here? 
I hate to bury the guy because he just joined the show. But oh, the Winnipeg Jets, brother. The Winnipeg. I just like. How talk, could you? For two reasons, okay. We've talked about for a while now how <laughs> the Winnipeg Jets could be a team that's kind of lying in the weeds. Like they're not getting talked about a whole lot, but there's a lot of cap space there. Yeah. And you talk about the Western Conference and how it's somewhat wide open. I know Colorado's really come on of late, but it is a wide open situation. And you could be one or two moves away from being in real contention. To me, Nemesnikov and Nino Ryder aren't those moves that puts you into real contention. We've seen how good this team is and how good they can be defensively. they got a world-class goaltender. I wanted them just to add a little bit more punch up mm-hmm. top. They lost Perfetti. I think what Mason Appleton went down recently. Yeah. So, you know, th- there's just some injuries there now, and I wanted them to go out and make a, a sizable addition, and they just well, didn't quite do it. Here's yeah, I'm not going to confirm or deny. <laughs> that, was, that was Chevy earlier today. Drop Apparently dropped the confirm or deny. I love it. That's a wild one. Um, Never here, mind, he's the winner. Big yeah, winner for that day. alone, he should <laughs> skyrocket yeah, all the way up to number one. This is where ownership comes in. Winnipeg, yes, they're a Canadian team. They have their owner is the richest person in Canada, yes. Thompson. <laughs> Literally the richest yeah. person in the, the country. Family. Yeah, the they, family, the yes. Thompson family. Yes, but they've never operated at the ceiling. They never have. So I, I don't. I think you'd be hoping for that. I think if you're a Jet fan, you'd be hoping for that. But ownership has never allowed Cheval Dayoff to go out there and spend like crazy. So I don't know if it was even possible for them to acquire a big ticket. Yeah, you know, I I don't know if that's maybe he had the green light, maybe he didn't, but that's not generally the way they've operated. They don't spend like a lot of the well, other Canadian teams. And furthermore, I was telling in my you know a bunch of stop and chats. I'm not sure if I told you guys this is in talking to a few managers about you know their philosophy. Even listening to Chevy on our show. What he said, like we're proud of the way we, you know, we draft, we developed, and you know, free agency is kind of like last in that situation. You look at that marketplace. You look at certain marketplaces through the National Hockey League. They're not, and I say this respectfully. Growing up in Edmonton, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Carolina, there's there's a few marketplaces mm-hmm. that aren't number one destinations right. for free agencies. So what do you have to do? You have to build through the draft. You have to build, you know, cost control, having players so that you can control them. That if if they do want to leave at some point, or maybe the the city's not fit for Jacob Truba situation, right? Then you then you're like, okay, who's going to come in? Well, it's a trade where you've got to have the person either waive to come here, or you've got to draft and develop. So their philosophy has to be a little bit different. Would I've liked to see them have more? Cache brand name like Meyer of sure. you know, Nina Ryder is going to be a good fit. He's there a good player. I think he's a good player. But I think what you're saying, and I I agree with you. Splash like splash like a bigger name just for the cache. Yeah, like, like tell even, the guys in the room like, hey, you guys have, have shown me, you know, you turned it around. We don't know the future of. Pierre-Luc Dubois. That's it with me. Like They're in a similar situation to me as the Maple Leafs, where it's like, this is kind of the year expiring, where so. there's a lot of uncertainty what yeah. happens this summer, depending on those future free agents, where this might be your year to push the chips all in, and he just didn't do it. Yeah, it makes, it makes a good point. I'd come back. The only thing in defense of that is, you know, Toronto is more of a destination as far as free agency right. now the way that things are mm-hmm. than Winnipeg just based on... You know, marketplace. Yeah, and I'm saying that as respect. No, that's just, believe me. That's I, a dead like fact. I, say, I grew up in Edmonton. I know There's, exactly that. Those marketplaces aren't for everybody. Absolutely, as Canadians, I think we can all concede. There's a difference between, I would say, Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, right? 
with and Ottawa, Winnipeg, Edmonton. Yeah, like it, they're just yeah. they're different and cities, a different vibes. And Calgary's kind of somewhere yeah. in the middle. Um, all right, Alice brother, let's flip this script. Let's get to the glass half full. Your right. winners. All right, let's start at three, and we'll build up to the number one winner on your list. Who is number three for you? I've got the Minnesota Wild coming in at number three. Really? I, Minnesota sneakily has been one of the most active teams this entire deadline. From brokering trades to bringing in some under-the-radar pieces to making a splashy deal late at the deadline and bringing in John Klingberg. Mm-hmm. They've added Klingberg. Marcus Johansson came into the fold. They traded for Oscar Sundquist today. Yeah. They also dealt for Gus Nyquist uh, about a week or so ago, a few days ago maybe. And he's a guy who, you know, is on IR right now, potentially could come back. But, like, they added some offense to that group. But if you look, that's a team that's not scoring a whole lot of goals. But they're getting good goaltending, and they've got good defense. They're keeping things low scoring. You get some goal scorers on that team, all of a sudden, again, it's a wide-open West. It's a pretty good squad. I think the Nyquist thing, did that prompt... I think so. That memo? The memo from the league? I believe so. Like, hey, knock it off with the hiding the players on the LTIR or whatever it was. Paraphrasing. But that, you know, he could be a very valuable piece to come off of IR or LTIR for the playoffs. And, like, I think Minnesota, they hit the ditch. It was a while. They had a stretch there. And then now all of a sudden they've come out of it. Yeah, they're right back, in the mix kinda... right back in the mix. We were talking about it earlier. Kaprizov might be in the heart conversation. Like, how Agreed. good he's been. Yeah. And based on, like... Really, the heart conversation is for second place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's McDavid, <laughs> uh, and then who, so whoever else you want to put into there. You know, if Ottawa makes it, maybe Kachuk gets a sniff in there, or like if Minnesota makes it, it's Kaprizov, or you know, there's there's five or six guys that yep. you can go on there. It's McDavid's, and then you're fighting for second. Yeah, place. who's who's going to be nominated, and who's the who are the other two guys who will stand like, up there and exactly. smile It'll when be they're a, shown? A badge of honor to be the runner-up. Absolutely. It really would be. All right, so you you got Minnesota at three. Who is your number two winner of the NHL trade deadline? Hard to argue that what the Boston Bruins did in the last couple of weeks isn't spectacular. Mm-hmm. I mean, they go out and they add Dmitry Orlov, and now have what I believe to be the, the the best defensive core in the National Hockey League. They went out, they brought in Tyler Bertuzzi, who can come in and play. play playoff style game he can add you some goals and and plays kind of a a tenacity boston bruins like game i I like that pickup as well garnett hathaway we've talked a lot about that so they went and they made already which is the best team in the league and potentially the best team in history when you look at in terms of points and statistically that's where they're going and then they went and they just upgraded and got better and I think that's just uh, outstanding, not to mention nice little piece of business to also get David Pasternak locked up to a nice long-term deal. Yeah, that, I we guess you're We talked right. about that deal. I'm sure you guys did. Like, that, that, to me... It's a pretty damn good deal. Very yeah. good deal. I, I think for both parties, but more so for the Bruins than the player. Yep. I, I think Pasternak easily could have asked for $12 million or more with yeah. the cap going up. With you, know, you, you look at it up on TSN2 right now. He's not... Panarin made more money. Like Panarin is still making more money, and he went to the Rangers what three years ago? Yeah, four years ago. Like so past is still not the like highest paid. That's their ceiling too, yeah, right? That's like and they got eight years. Different. That's another yeah. thing. No, yeah. uh, I'm going to re. I'm only going to take five or six. Yeah. I'll take the eight. Let me lock in. I'm going to retire at Bruin, and that's the way that team operates. Yeah. They exude confidence. They believe in their program, and the players this, buy in. This that whole situation too. It wasn't. It didn't seem from the outside 
like it got contentious. Like no. it didn't get just, wor- just work like, it out and figure it out. Let's sort this out yep. eventually. No problem. You go play, and oh, oh, by the way, have a great season as well. He's got what forty three goals. Yeah, he's oh, lights yeah. out, man. So he might be a he hard. Might be hard. You're right. Yeah, there, I'm just going to say somebody from. You know, Boston, Boston has to be on there. He Walmart would be could on be there. in that list. Yeah, too. you're right. That you're game right. against Calgary. Holy smokes. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Your number one go to winner of the trade deadline. Look, I mean, you could call me a homer if you want because we're here in the market, but you look at what Kyle Dubas did over the course of the last two weeks and what the Toronto Maple Leafs have done. They've set themselves up for success and they built a team that should be able to contend in the playoffs. I use the word should because we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. But the way that they have carefully constructed their team and added pieces and elements that they hadn't had before, and they went out and they kind of looked at Boston, looked at Colorado, looked at Tampa, and said, okay, we need to match up with these guys. And they went out and they got the players, which I believe is necessary to do so. Like Ryan O'Reilly, that is an amazing grab. You go out, you bolster your defense with a guy like Jake McCabe, who I thought had a really good game last night and can only get better. They bring in Nolachari and Lafferty to beef up that bottom six. And obviously, Luke Shem, we saw what he could do last night, imposing his will. He may only end up playing, you know, 13, 14 minutes a night, but he's going to make things a little physical out there and, and make things pe- yep. make people think twice when you try and dump the puck in the corner. And so I, I really like what he's done. I think you're right. You talked about it all week. Blending you know the metrics and blending that the the intangibles. I think Kyle Dubas has done a bang up job and has set this team up for success. So they're number one winners for my power ranking. Yeah. Bang! Woo! I, I, I just don't see it happening. That, but I, I, I agree. I like but it. They had to. <laughs> like, yeah. the way, like they had to to match up against the teams that you're going to match up against. Like we but if no they didn't debate. do it, they'd be the losers. Like, that's just, really what it was. Though, it was. If they didn't if, do it, If they, they did nothing or if but, they only added a piece or two? But here's the thing. I, don't, I disagree with that in the sense that the way that they built their team over the last couple years, it's just, it's, hey, regular season. We always say regular season. Like, they're just, it's, you know, it's clockwork. Bunch of points, you know, skilled, fast team, all of that. But it's, they've had a tale of two teams now. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe this. Kyle had to do this because the other teams were built like that from square one. Yeah. And their team was built a, a different way from square one, and now you've morphed into what the other teams look like. So you're right. Should, could, all of that. We'll see how it unfolds. But they've given themselves the opportunity to match up on the whiteboard a lot better than the... I always said it dropped off a cliff when you're you got four or five guys, and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, we got Pierre Engvall to match up against player X, yeah. Taylor Hall. You know that wasn't going to work, right? So they they addressed that. So yes, they won. That that I'm with you. I mean, they added Ryan O'Reilly, Sam Lafferty, uh, Jake McCabe, Luke Shen, Gustafson, Nolachari. They didn't give up and any of their top prospect. Pick. They got a first round pick back, <laughs> I guess, with the Sandine deal. You're right, and yeah, that I, I can't argue with that. I, I would, I would have the lease right there. I think the fact that Boston's on their heels says something about how good Boston is. And I don't know if you've really closed the gap, but you're not playing right. Boston in the first round anyway. Cross that bridge when you get to it. Yeah. All right, Al's brother. Great stuff as always, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank pal. you for sticking around. Yeah, anytime for you. The guys. power rankings are back, man. We haven't done the power that rankings with Al's brother in a long time. Stop. Anytime you need, guys, always available. You're All always right. available. That's why we love you, Al's brother. Melod and Friday, brought to you by Boston Pizza, Canada's favorite sports bar. The push to the playoffs is here, and BP's elite lineup of pizza, wings, and ice cold beer is always dialed in for game time. Hustle into your local BP tonight and try our new four cheese ravioli bites, Al's brother. A game-changing appy that's here for a limited time only. Our best bet's coming up. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on TSN 2. 
today, all week, getting us here. It's been a fun week. It's been a fun day. Trade Center. Feels like a Boston pizza kind of night. Oh, yeah. Go blow off steam at the Boston pizza. Oof. Grab a couple of orders of the four cheese ravioli and just take it easy. You know by Monday I'm going to have a full report because I yes, will you be, will. I will be diving into those. I look forward to it myself. I plan on doing the same thing. Our best bets are brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. So I'm going to avoid McDavid tonight, but Dreisaitl's paying plus 112. Like He's going to come to the party. He's okay. I, I, I got him scoring a goal tonight. I got Kyle Connor scoring a goal tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's paying plus one thirty four. I'm gonna, I'm just going to avoid McDavid for right now. Sure. Take those two to get on the game sheet with a goal. And I like Carolina big in Arizona by two plus. You got to pay some juice on that. But Arizona, they 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 know who they are. They know yeah. what they want to be. And I think it's uh, time to shine for Carolina down there. Your best bets are brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. All right, it's been a fun one today. Again, thanks to everyone for tuning in. TV, radio, podcast, web, everyone behind the scenes, Trade Center. We got through another one, Noodles. I know. It's it all was you a battle. For. It's it been about a- you were in New York, you know, like 12 hours ago. <laughs> yes, I was. And but, now you're uh, here. It's all good. It was it's a fun one, and we'll be now it's about just down the stretch Let's talking about games. Let's exactly. get rocking. We're yeah. out of here. Enjoy your evenings. Enjoy your weekends. We're back Monday at 4 p.m. We'll chat then. Mail It In Friday is brought to you by Boston Pizza, Canada's favorite sports bar. The push to the playoffs is here, and BP's elite lineup of pizza, wings, and ice-cold beer is always dialed in for game time. Hustle into your local BP tonight and try our new four-cheese ravioli bites, a game-changing appy that's here for a limited time only.